Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'd like to get those Madonna microphones. Remember the ones she had on like, <laughs> I think it was like a Virgin tour or whatever yeah, it was yeah. and she had the thing going That's around. That's cool. <laughs> or like a Britney Spears, I think, has them as well. Can do it on the go. Hmm? Do the podcast on the go. Do the podcast on the go. Do you think we could ever do a live podcast? No one would turn up. You don't think anybody would turn up? No. <laughs> somebody would turn up if we did a live podcast. But Why then you have they? to do like a live Instagram and people show up in the middle asking stuff. Yeah, why not? That, that's the good thing about doing the live one. So I think we could do it. If you count in family, friends and work colleagues, you might get an audience. But we're like a global a global podcast aren't we mm-hmm. so where would we meet where would our meeting place be for everyone to well wherever together? anybody out there would like to sponsor us <laughs> that's where we'll go meet with the North Pole what would be your glamour location for it um Bristol <laughs> good city Bristol <laughs> <laughs> don't let your anyone ever tell you location. I thought he was going to say Brazil for a second <laughs> yes me too I thought you were going to say New York <laughs> no I like Bristol What's what's so good about Bristol? It's just cool. Okay. I've never been to Bristol. Have you been to Bristol? No, not yet. Bruno? Nope. No? No. Check it out. (laughs) Sound of the summer. But now I know (laughs) who to ask for tips. Dream location if we ever do a live podcast? I'd have to say the Netherlands. See, that's good thinking. That would make me and you happy. Yeah. And Benny. Benny. Benny would love it. We got another bloody email. (laughs) Saying how great he is, it's annoying. On a beach in South of France, I mean, that would well, be. That's not bad. Little sound of the sea in the background. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bruno, you've got connections in France. Maybe you can make that happen. Mm-hmm. My aunt is actually from the South of France. My grand aunt. Yeah, hasn't she got some sort of ridiculous great beach house or something? Yeah. There? Yeah. Okay. Well, look. Maybe if your aunt. Hey, we could all go stay with your aunt. <laughs> she has a big space, big apartment. Go. Perfect. <laughs> Next podcast, South of France. South of France. So joining me, Ian McCord, on today's One Football Podcast is Joanna Bueno. Hi. Dan Burke. Hello. And Bruno Fernandez. Hey. Heather Cook has been in touch from all the way in Canada. That's not a bad location. You could fly over to Canada. Especially now that it's summer. It's not winter. That's okay. No, I still think it's winter there, right? No. Oh, no, it's summer there. Oh, yeah. Ignore that. We'll cut that last <laughs> bit. Says Heather, hey guys and gals, I just want to drop a line and say I'm happy to be hearing more female voices on the podcast lately. I have loved football my whole life, but none of my girlfriends were really into it. Tomboy of the group over here. It's really nice to hear other women who are so passionate about the sport. I can't wait for the next episode. Keep up the amazing work. Yay. Thanks. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Give people what they want this week, aren't you? I'm telling you what, yeah, I'm I like... I feel like I should be here, actually. I'm like Santa Claus in this mother. <laughs> uh, yes, it is lovely to see. Yeah. It is lovely to see. P.S. My Uber driver this morning could have been Nico's twin. Same glasses and everything. Do you think it's him again? <laughs> it would have been Nico. It's moonlighting. <laughs> it's an Uber driver in Canada. That's true. <laughs> Look, Nico's not here. Nico is away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I know he's in North America, very near the Canadian border. See? So it could be. It could be, yeah. Anyway, Heather got in touch via podcast at onefootball.com. You can too. Uh, we do really appreciate all of the, the questions coming in and, and we've got loads to get to later. So so please keep them coming. And if you've time to pop over to iTunes, leave a comment, leave a rating, let us know how we're doing. That would be appreciated too.
2. Now, we start today in Ligue 1 and France. It's been a series of interesting events there recently, Bruno, with these game stoppages. For those uninitiated, can you explain what's been going on? Yeah, so there were a couple games that were interrupted. The thing is, uh, the beginning of the season, the the league, under the pressure of the government, decided to go against anything that could be homophobic, racist, or sexist in the stadiums, which is like a good thing uh, when you think about it. But the problem is that they didn't do it really well. And so there is one thing in France that is like very, very common for them to insult or have songs that have some stuff that are considered as homophobic, but in the culture of football, they're just considered as like insults that could go to everyone. That's at least what the supporters are saying. But the problem is when they're singing that, um, the, the, the games were interrupted and mostly the most important game that was interrupted was Nice against Marseille last Saturday. And they were interrupted for like, it was interrupted for 10 minutes. And then they have they had banners where they are protesting against what the LFP is doing right now. And it was a big mess. And then they started the game again. And now they didn't interrupt the other games. But this past week, uh, all the supporters had banners protesting against it. So there is a really toxic way toxic level between like the, the the fans and the league right now so the league is saying we cannot accept any kind of homophobia and then the the, the fans what they're doing is using homophobia with like pretending it's just a sense of humor and showing banners and singing songs and saying okay like this this is not okay the way that you were doing this is not okay so they they had they had they were supposed to have a meeting today but it was postponed mm-hmm. so we don't know exactly what's going to be the next phase of this it hurts my head why are they I, I, why do the fans think it's okay to protest against this it just seems oh yeah because what I said is that basically it's hard to explain in English because mm-hmm. I, don't, I cannot really say the insult. Yeah. But like there is this very specific insult that they say, mm-hmm. even like one or two insults that come from a very old culture of homophobia. That's mm-hmm. that's the reality. But for the supporters, it's not really that anymore. It's just like it's normal things just to say, hey, you screw you, basically, mm-hmm. um, to insult the other team. So, for example, what happened actually at the beginning is that the Minister of Sports last year, uh, I think it was in March, she went to see a game between Paris and Marseille. And of course, she heard like a lot of those songs, a lot of those insults, which for the supporters are completely normal. They don't even think like this is homophobic. And she said that she won't accept that anymore. So she pressured the, the, the league to do something about it this year. But then the supporters say, no, no, that's, that's not the way it is. We're not homophobic. We're not racist. We're not sexist. This is just normal football culture that we insult each other. So there is a big debate going on, but the problem is that the way that is done is complicated because mm-hmm. if you interrupt every match when something is happening, and if this something is not clear in everybody's heads that this is homophobia, it's if it's hard to tell, well, it's it's hard to actually like do something against it. So they should have done the debate during the summer and then like say, this is the rule, this is what you can say, this is what you cannot say. But they didn't, they just started to like stop the games. So it's complicated. And what happens then? The players are taken down the tunnel or they stay on the pitch or what uh, What happens? Yeah, 
everything. Like, there's not even a rule. Um, oh, they, don't have a, they don't have a proper ruling for it? No, Marseille okay. went to the tunnels because they were not uh, they were not in the Vélodrome, they were not in Marseille, and these two were just staying on the beach, training a little bit. But it was a mess. I mean, hmm. it was really strange. Okay. I can't think of any other league that has such a rule. Can you? No, no. I mean, there's been people taking off uh, pictures before because of racism, or there's talk about whether players should walk off the pitch when there's racism and stuff like that. But you don't really hear of this very often, do you? No. This happened in Brazil last week for the first time. Okay. Yeah, it was a match between two big teams, and one of them known as a gay team, which has nothing to do with it. And then the crowd were just saying, you know, gay team or something like that. And then for the first time, the referee stopped. And I think it's still on the trial. The other, the team that was singing might lose points or something like that. So this, I think, might be a bit too harsh if it was just like a first time. Uh, because you don't really, you have to set clear boundaries of what is it allowed and what is not. And do you lose points or do you not lose points? Because if you just decide afterwards that the teams might lose points, then, you know, they have something to protest against. But yeah, there needs to be clear exactly. guidelines in place beforehand exactly. and say, okay, if this yeah. happens, then you're docked, docked points. Exactly. But I'm completely in favor of that, you know, like just because they're traditional songing, singing in, in stadiums does not mean they're okay. No, it's 2019 people. Yep. Cop on. Elsewhere, Neymar. Yeah. We spent a whole <laughs> bloody summer so 100% sure he's going to Barcelona. And then, what is it? I mean, there's two or three days before the end of the transfer window, he goes and stays. It's got to be awkward for PSG, right? <laughs> yeah, very awkward for PSG. But I mean, it's mostly awkward for him, to be honest, because Leonardo, I think, did the good thing by being firm, not accepting him going by any price and not accepting to just like bargain with, with Barcelona and say, OK, like we, we don't want him anymore. He is the big star that they have. So they needed to like to show a firm hand. And for him, it's terrible because like he basically showed that he didn't want to go anymore. There was this rumor saying that he wanted to pay 20 million on his own transfer. Like, I mean, it's completely crazy. And and now he's not going. And he didn't even make a statement. He didn't give an interview. Like, he didn't say anything officially like, oh, no, I'm ready to stay for, in, in Paris and be happy here or anything <laughs> like that. Neymar's public relations. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing. So I think, like, it's mostly for him that there's going to be a big problem for him right now to stay in Paris at least for the beginning of the season without having the support of anyone around well, I, mean, I think you make a good point there if he had come out and said hey look okay I I wanted a, I wanted to move and I wanted the transfer but it's not happened I'm going to stay here I'm committed to PSG let's see what happens in the future he could potentially have avoided a pure disaster or am I thinking am I being too nice about yeah, it I think the problem with him is he's such a huge star and such a big deal and sells newspapers so well you know how many thousands of words have we written about him this summer alone mm. that you can't really do these things quietly and you can't really do this sort of yeah I would like to go but if I don't go then it's okay like it's not going <laughs> to work is it so it had to be kind of all or nothing really and yeah. how much of it is actually true you know what's going on behind the scenes we don't really know but yeah he's it's made it um He's made life very difficult for himself. But then the thing that confused me about Neymar is I don't understand what he was expecting would happen when he went to PSG. Like, did he think he would have won the Champions League by now? Is that why he's disappointed? I think, think so. Yeah, did he think he'd be this huge 
god in in Paris or something, mm. which you know he, he could have been if he'd. He know. wanted to win the Ballon d'Or. That's the that's yeah. why he moved to win the FIFA, the best, the Ballon d'Or, be the best in the world in a team sport. But that's what he moved. Mm. But surely he would have been better off. Like if you play with better players, you're more likely to be a better player. That seems pretty logical yeah. to me. So if he stays and plays with Messi and Suarez and Busquets and all those lads, surely that would have made him a better player rather than going you know playing with PSG yeah I think so too but he wanted to get away from Messi's shadow and have his own shine and then he was in Mbappe's shadow that's <laughs> yeah, the that, problem that's I was the like problem. no I preferred Messi's shadow actually <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem um, what next for him Bruno uh, can he rehabilitate himself with the fans or are they going to be open to him or, or what is it Yeah, I mean, it all depends on him and his state of mind. But as we know, he had already a very complicated season. This is not just from the transfer window, like even before uh, there was already a problem there. And I guess he would just like maybe do the minimum before maybe finding a way to to go to Barcelona. They're already uh, talking about next winter. Um, Already? Yeah. Jesus, people, it's only just closed. (laughs) (laughs) The only way that I see for him to get better and to get better with the fans is for him to do everything that he can on the pitch for once and really at the Champions League. If he if he is good at the Champions League, if he shows himself at the technical leader that he is, uh, that will make a big difference in, in Paris supporters, fans' hearts because that's the thing that they've been all waiting for. I think he needs to play football. He's left football mm. in the second, third, fourth place. You know, like the hair is more important, the mm. sister's birthday is more important, yeah. rolling you around on like the beach. <laughs> yeah, rolling around in the beach. Everything seems more important and the Instagram and whatever. So he needs to play football. Focus on football. Yeah. That's you, what he went to PSG for. Do you follow him on Instagram? Yeah, but for professional reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, very good. I mean, luckily that they didn't sign somebody like uh, Icardi anyway, because that will keep things uh, nice and calm. <laughs> harmonious. Nice and calm and harmonious at PSG. Icardi, of course, known for... The one field matters. The, the one yeah. episode, um, <laughs> fighting with the ultras, bitching about the ultras in his book, losing the captaincy, getting dropped from the squad. There's a lot going on with Icardi. Should be a good fit for PSG. <laughs> <clears throat> he's another one though. What a player when he's when he's on form, when he's co- focusing on what he is, a footballer. He's a great player. Same with Neymar. What a strike force that could be if they just knuckle down and go on with it. <laughs> Yeah. Can you see him fitting in at PSG? Well, he's got the drama. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, I mean, he's a high risk player. That is mm. for sure with everything that's going on. Paris still doesn't have like a, a big leader. Um, and they're already having so much trouble with that. There's some people on Twitter already imagining um, him, Mbappé, Cavani, Neymar, all fighting to to do a, all doing like kung fu stuff to shoot a shoot a goal, shoot a penalty, <laughs> and like I can totally imagine in that. But the problem is that Paris also needed some more stars to replace like Cavani that has a lot of injuries and he's, he's in his last year of contract. Mbappé right now is is injured. Like I mean, he's. Is not going to happen that often, but when they're missing those people, they have no one else, and and so they are totally relying on their stars. So I guess this is why they needed someone like him, and mm-hmm. it's totally like a Leonardo thing to have done that. But it's definitely like his personality is a high risk. Good luck, Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> We're all rooting for <laughs> you. Uh, transfer window, of course, closed. 
Bruno, did you want to name a club who you think has done best in France? Yeah, Paris, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not very original. What, because they managed to keep Neymar or, or yeah, what's your reasoning behind it? Yeah, that is an okay thing to do, I guess. It would have been okay if we knew that like Neymar actually was happy to stay, but that's complicated. But still, like while most observers were expecting a sort of painful end to the transfer window, mm. finally, PSG ended its summer recruitment in a great way. Um, by Leonardo again, he managed uh, to do a transfer market that proved to be a great success. So for less than 100 million euros, uh, they got Ande Herrera, Paulo Sarabia, Idris Agué, Abdou Diallo, and of course, Keilo Navas mm. and Icardi, as we said. So it's pretty solid, I would say. Yeah, we well, put it like that. It's really good, actually. <laughs> it is yeah. decent. Isn't it? <laughs> but just to confirm, the Icardi thing, was it's a loan deal. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. It's loan and then they have the option to buy him for 65 million, I think. Something tells me he won't be going back to uh, Inter Milan <laughs> in the near future. Uh, and at the opposite end of the scale, who did who did rubbish? Well, the enemies, Marseille, didn't do so well, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it's 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 okay because they only recruited three players. That's yeah. all that they did because they announced before that they wouldn't have the money to do anything crazy. But at least they recruited like three essential players. So Dario Benito, Benedetto, uh, Alvaro Gonzalez. At the very end, like very last minute, even after the transfer window closed, they got Valentin Rangier, which... Is he's going to replace Luis Gustavo, basically, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. he was really expected. Like he wanted to go there, the the supporters wanted him to come. So it's okay, but like they could have done so much better. Right. Uh, we were talking just off air beforehand, and myself and Dan would like to support Marseille. Yeah. If we were to pick a French club, and we're not going to name your French club, but <laughs> you're safe. Don't worry. <laughs> I also think Marseille would be good fun to to play with. Plus, you're down on the coast. Great sea weather. You've got the you've got the ocean there. Good Great connections. Stadium. Great stadium. Very noisy. Good history. And they, and they play in blue and white. Well, that's for a wake it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nice, very nice. Uh, France have some upcoming games. Yeah. Anything interesting from the squad? Because there's a there are a couple of new faces, no? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a complicated times for the world champions right now because just get that did, in there. Did, exactly, just to remember you that. Didier Deschamps, Didier Deschamps is missing like half of his team. So N'Golo Kanté, Paul Pogba, Kylian Mbappé, Tanguy Ndombélé, Ousmane Dembélé, Florian Thauvin, they are all injured, and so the new faces are Matteo Guendouzi. Mm-hmm. who was called for the first time to replace Pogba, but we're not sure he's going to play yet for the two first games. And also is a first for Jonathan Inconé, 21 years old, who had a very good season with Lille last year. So it's a good thing for him. Okay. And they did have, of course, your man. Yeah. But we'll, we'll chat about him in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. We will. Uh, it's games against Albania and Andorra. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, the thing that would be interesting to see, at least, is to see how they do without Mbappé, because that he's not there and that's going to change completely so what they're going to do. who steps in, in then? That's interesting. Yeah, well, they, apparently, like, Kingsley Coman could be a good option, mm. even though that that would be completely new, that would mm. change completely the stuff. But Or Tomalema. Uh, he also has Wissam Benedier, who was called the first time in June. So that could be a good option as well. Um, but hopefully France, like we use those two games to like put together this sort of new squad that is changing a little bit uh, before facing Turkey and Iceland. That's going to be way more important after. Trickier games. Yeah. There's also that guy Benzema at Real Madrid. <laughs> Who? 
<laughs> he's, a, he's available. Can I say, I always like hearing French-speaking people uh, pronounce the names properly because it reminds you how badly you pronounce them oh, all the time. Yeah. You do that, doesn't she it? changes <laughs> to French so easily. Mm-hmm. I Wait, did how, notice how that. Do you say, how do you say Usman Demille? I, I would have said that one was right. Thomas Lamar, we would say. Ah, Thomas Lamar. said that quite differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I did notice uh, how she becomes at least 200% more French when she, <laughs> yeah, when she pronounces those. <laughs> you are right, though. It is bang on much better than anything you and I could do, Dan. Yep. But we can talk about the Premier League. We can. And then finally seeing sense. Talk to us about it. It's transfer window. Thing, yeah. yeah. So uh, two years ago, the Premier League clubs voted to close the transfer window the day before the season started, which is ostensibly a good idea. You know, mm. you're not going to have this uh, sort of upheaval with players wanting to leave when the season's already started. Teams can't just sort of get, use a get out of jail free card uh, if they uh, you know lose a player to injury and just buy another player. Arsene Wenger was a very big um, sort of driving force behind this decision. I think he was the driving force. Quite possibly, yeah. Person, yeah. But no one else in Europe followed suit. So the Premier League transfer window closed before the start of the Premier League and then it was open for another month everywhere else. So you had situations like we saw with Christian Eriksen this this uh, summer, um, a few other players, Pogba, um, you know, where there's, there's sort of all this speculation about they might leave when the season's already started when they should just be focusing on playing football so they're now going to have a vote uh, later this week or next week I believe it is um, where they are going to probably decide to take it back to how it was and have it uh, close at the end of August instead and be normal yes it's a good thing yeah I mean if, it, if everyone in Europe fell into line and everyone closed at the same day I think that would be a good idea but once there's uniform one league does it and everyone else doesn't then it's, it's problematic yeah. uh, so we mentioned uh, Laporte mm. And I guess I don't pronounce that as well as uh, Bruno. Go on. How do you say it? Laporte. And the first name? Emeric. Maybe we could just get Bruno to do a voiceover. <laughs> yeah. Time. We need a French name being said. Maybe they, she can just be pronouncing French names all through the podcast. And then we just, okay. we just listen to it. Yeah, all the time. that's Maybe okay. That's I would listen to this podcast. Maybe that's the future of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, What's the latest? Uh, so he's the he's had surgery on a meniscus injury on his knee. So they reckon he's going to be out for about three or four months. Uh, definitely won't play again in 2019. Could be slightly better than three or four months, but that's sort of the, the rough estimate. So okay. I hurt my meniscus before. I wasn't the same player afterwards. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just hope he's he's able yeah, to cope as well yeah. as I was. Uh, how are City going to do without him? And I'm I'm wondering now because there mm, the questions over the like centre back and how much coverage mm. City have there. Could this be a derailing? It the could whole be yeah. City title bit. I mean, if there's one position in the whole team that you wouldn't, or one player in the whole team that you wouldn't want to get injured, it's him, really. Oh, really? Because they have cover in pretty much every other area. They didn't buy another centre back this summer. Guardiola said they couldn't afford to buy another centre back, which I did uh, laugh at that. People often laugh at that, don't they? Uh, when he says stuff like that. But I, I mean, I suppose there's probably truth in it as well because a decent centre back nowadays is your Harry Maguire at 80 million kind of thing. It isn't, mm-hmm. so it is expensive. But, but why, why? Why is he saying that? Just it is. Do you think it's like a reasonable thing that the, that City? Can can't afford it or are, think, they, are they trying to operate within limits or, or what yeah, is the I thinking mean, behind it? <clears throat> City kind of get criticised when they do spend money and when they don't spend money. When they don't spend money, people are like, oh, he's just lying about not being able to afford it. And mm. then when they do, it's like, what happens to financial fair play? So it can't <laughs> be both, can it? So I do think they are sort of, you know, trying to stay in line with certain things and not spend too much money on players. And oh, okay. So I think that was the problem. Uh, but yeah, going back to Laporte, um, I mean, he's going to be out for a while, like we said. If I had to pick three or four months of the season for him to miss, it would be this coming three or four months. You want him back for the sort of last stage of the Champions League, assuming they get there and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the title running and all that kind of thing um, so hopefully it won't derail the tile bid I mean they have got Otamendi and Stones who will be 
the sort of principal centre-back partnership. Wait, Adam Indy's still there? Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they nearly got rid of him this summer. Luckily not. Um, Fernandinho can play centre-back as well, so I think he'll probably play there a bit. Kyle Walker can play there, so... Yeah, I mean, Guardiola suggested Walker as a centre-back. Doesn't... It's not his ideal position. He's more of a wide wide full-back. I'd be worried um, about his positional sense for... Yeah, hopefully hopefully he won't have to play there, but we'll see. And we've got another kid in the academy called Eric Garcia, who looks very good as well, so this might be a chance for him to get a a few minutes under his belt. Very nice. Did you want to have a chat about Vincent Company? Yeah, yeah. You might be off to meet him. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Next week at his testimonial yeah. at uh, the Etihad Stadium. Dan's off to do some proper reporting. Ooh, mm. yeah, he's going to hang out with Mario Balotelli. Oh, well, you you could tell him. Go on. It's it's his testimonial coming. It's up, isn't company's it? testimonial. Yeah, so they're having a, a match at the Etihad Stadium. Um, the proceeds of the match will go towards a charity called Tackle for Manchester that he's, he's launched, um, where it's about helping the homeless in Manchester. So it's all for a good cause. Um, it's going to be sort of a Manchester City legends. I'm doing the inverted commas there because Stephen Island is one of those legends. Wow. Wayne Bridge is another one of those legends. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> I won't hear a bad word said about Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Ireland. Who else is it? Mario Balotelli's. In so there? you got your Balotelli's, your Nigel De Jong's, Gareth Barry, uh, Richard. Dunn, Joe Hart, that generation that company played with basically, so the sort of first title winning generation for City, yeah, the first title title Wow. Yeah, looking forward to that. Okay. And then the, the opposition is going to be basically sort of United 11 with a few extras in there. So there's like Raphael van der Vaart's playing. Um, Paul Scholes. Scholes is playing, yeah. I'm trying to think of the non United players. Fra- uh, Fabregas is playing, says Fabregas. Really? Yeah. Wow. But um, I think. Is he still at Monaco? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. Think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so City are going to have um, the likes of Aguero and David Silva who are going to play some part in the game as well. And Balotelli, who's a current Serie A striker, up against Wes Brown, John O'Shea and Gary and Phil Neville. So that could get a little bit messy, couldn't it? Mm. If, uh... <laughs> yeah. And did you want to mention the Anderlecht thing at all? or should we... Yeah, so he, okay. well, he, he won his first game as Anderlecht coach at the weekend, basically. Okay. Um, so he took over in the summer. They went five games without a win at the start of the season. Uh, a few weeks ago, he sort of relinquished his match day managerial responsibilities, gave it to his assistant because it was getting a bit difficult focusing on playing and managing at the same time. And uh, this weekend, they beat Standard Liège 1-0. Company watched on from the stands because he's injured and he doesn't have his UEFA Pro Licence badges at the moment, so he can't sit on the bench unless oh. he's in the match day squad so we had to watch from the stands um, but yeah things are looking up for them now he did a went to a local pub after the game did a rousing speech to the fans there so I saw that yeah. it's quite nice yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. no often get that um, did you want to talk about Spurs a little bit yeah sure because Maurizio Pochettino has admitted that this is the worst period after five years in Tottenham it's not going right for them. No, I, that seems a bit of an exaggeration to me. I mean, they've lost one of the first four games, drawn two, one, one. It's not he's awful a, form. They've he's played a passionate Ars- man. They've played team. Arsenal and City away. They're both very difficult games and come out with you know unbeaten out of both of them. That's true. Um, I mean, I think the. The problem with Spurs at the moment is the team feels a little bit incomplete. You know, they did some good business this summer, but Ndombele hasn't played the past two games. Mm-hmm. Lo Celso hasn't really got started yet. Sessegnon hasn't played at all because of injury. Um, they've had people like Son coming back. They've had Ericsson in and out of the team, not really sure what his future is. The, you know, you know Alderweireld, there's been question marks about his future in the past, Vertonghen, the same. So it just feels like, you know, they're notoriously slow starters anyway, Spurs. It doesn't feel that different to, to the norm. As I said on the podcast last week, I can't see them challenging for the title this season I think third is probably the best they can hope for but you know two third place finishes in a row it's not too bad is it 
It's building towards something. They batted so far above their average last yeah. season. I mean, if you finish third and win a win a domestic cup, I think that's got to be considered a good season for Spurs. So, isn't it if they finish uh, ahead of Arsenal a good season? But, well, pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they will probably do that again. So, they should do. Uh, Ericsson, of course, staying. Yeah. He can leave in a few months for a free. Mm. I feel like I feel like now was the time to cut him loose and they just figure out life without him. I think they would have done if they'd got a satisfactory offer for him, but I don't oh, think anyone any was forthcoming really. And that, that confused me a lot. Yeah. I don't see why a player like him, who you could probably have got for about 60 million this summer, quality player. Mm. Why did no one go for him? How old is he? He's 27, 28, I think. Last year of his contract. Still got a Still lot got of... four or five years as a quality player and... and doesn't need to rely on speed. No. Yeah. No. Interesting. If, if City needed a player like him, I would have I would have definitely wanted him, but they don't. You would have got in touch yeah. with Pep. Very much so. And said, yeah. hey, Pep. Yeah. Get going. <laughs> um, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Hate each other, don't they? They hate each hate other. Hate each other. Not friends at yeah. all. Should we blow this up into something bigger than it is? Yeah. Okay, go for it. It's in a cracked badge on the front of the Sun territory at the moment. (laughs) That's how bad it is, yeah. They had a little argument. They did, yeah. So there was a moment in the second half, they won 3-0 at Burnley at the weekend. There's a moment in the second half where Salah and Mane were both bearing down on goal. Salah had the chance to square it to Mane and he shot instead of Mane. He wasn't very happy. Did he score? No. Um... But they were 3-0 up at the time, so... Okay. Uh, not long afterwards, Mane got subbed, and as he was coming off, he sort of vented his frustration on the bench, and um, it was kind of blown up. But you know, it's been played down a lot afterwards. Klopp said that they made up friends in the dressing room, and there's no issue there. So I'm sure there probably isn't. To be honest, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I guess these things happen in dressing rooms all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and you have Firmino to call it off, you know. Yeah. Did you see his face in the video going yeah. to Firmino's the dressing room? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, going towards the the dressing room, and Firmino's like, "Whoa, that was a fight." He's <laughs> such a kid. Like, Jeez, I want to be friends with Firmino. Yeah, it was like a cool oh, guy. I, I had a good question the other day at, uh, on when we were all together on Tuesday. Did yeah. I answer? Did I ask you my question? I don't know which was. Who would you rather be friends with? No, you didn't. PK or oh yeah, Sergio you did Ramos. Well, Sergio Ramos for sure. Because oh. if you if you have to stand in a fight against one of them, you want Ramos on your side. So I think Sergio Ramos would just be good fun. Yeah, he just looks like fun. Fun guy. No, for me it's PK because of Shakira. I'm just thinking about But her. that's what everybody says <laughs> no, when they say PK, it's Shakira, that's it's saying not PK. That's but saying you want to be friends with Shakira. I not cannot PK. miss the chance to be friends with Shakira. <laughs> Can I choose neither? No. Is that an option? If, guns you, I'll, give you, I'll give you the option of Firmino to go with it. Um, th- then it's Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, do you want to have a goal to... I, I mean, getting back to the, the, their, their argument, mm. it's, it's nothing really. I wouldn't have thought so, no. Okay. Yeah. And I think there's been a bit of talk about whether Salah is a bit greedy this week, but I think, you know, he, he deserves to be greedy, doesn't he? He should he? be. He scored so many goals. He's a striker. Yeah, exactly. I want him yeah, to be greedy. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the Bobby Duncan case? Sure, yeah. And then we'll we'll move on from Liverpool because it's an interesting one. Yeah, so Bobby Duncan was an 18-year-old uh, youngster. Um, he moved from City to Liverpool last uh, summer, actually. Oh, he uh, was at City first? He was at oh, City in okay. the academy for a little while, yeah. He's Steven Gerrard's cousin and he's a big Liverpool fan, so it seemed like a sort of match made in heaven that he would end up at Liverpool. Uh, 12 months down the line, he's not even getting close to the first team. He's still only 18, bear in mind, but you know, he's uh, seemingly a little bit frustrated. Um, his agent uh, went 
on Twitter and made a number of allegations about um, his situation that basically said that he'd been sort of told in no uncertain terms that he was not going to get in the first team anytime soon. Um, they've been rejected offers for him um, and sort of were holding him at the club against his will. This is supposed to have made him uh, sort of, you know, been quite damaging to his mental health and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, one of the offers was from Fiorentina. It was a, they wanted to take him alone and then buy him later down the line. Um, and Liverpool were apparently sort of rejecting that. And there was this big furore caused. Liverpool deny all these allegations, um, by the way. But he did end up jo- joining Fiorentina uh, mm. last week in a deal worth about two million euros, I think it was. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. But you know, it's you do wonder whether this is a bit of bad advice. Bad advice that he's been given from his agent here, because you know, as I keep saying, he's eighteen years old. How relax? How yeah? Mm. How many chances could he possibly have expected at this point in time? Florence, though, nice city. Yeah, sure. Michael Richards went there. Michael Richards did go yeah, there. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. A couple of English players have gone there recently. Who else? Oh, well, no, gone to Italy. Oh, Italy, yeah. Chris Morning. Yeah. That's Aaron a shock Ramsey. one. Well, he's Welsh, but yeah. Who? Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> um, England playing games. A couple of yeah. Yeah, they're okay. playing Bulgaria and Kosovo, so okay. really gets the pulses racing oh, that one, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. We're all excited about that one. <laughs> we don't want we don't want to say anything, do we? Um, do, do you actually have anything to say about it? I can talk a little bit about I mean, there's a couple of um I've got an email from Joanna's dad. I'm quite eager to get to. Have you? Yeah. Well <laughs> let me just say this. Go on. Um Tyrone Mings has been called up to the squad. That was oh, an interesting yeah. one. That Aaron is- Wambasaka did get called up. He was the new one um for for his first cap but he's injured so he's had to withdraw now but he got called up at the expense of Kyle Walker and England have also got Trent Alexander-Arnold and um, what's his name Kieran Trippier mm. so they've got an abundance of decent right backs England for first time they've time. got four very good right backs basically yeah so yeah. it'll be interesting to see who, who wins that battle come Euro 2020 next summer Tyrone Mings deserved I would say yeah he's had a good start very good start of the season James Madison and Mason Mount also got called up which is good to see yeah yeah uh, so Joanna yes Podcast at onefootball.com. We got an email from your dad. Oh, what did he say? Well, he wants to know. Uh, uh, well, I replied to him and I asked him if he had any embarrassing stories to tell about you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so he gave us a little bit of, of, of insight into you. Uh, what do you think would be the most embarrassing thing he could have told me? Well, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of embarrassing, but I hope he didn't share any of those. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> well, I ask him. She's they can, the people can't see now, but she's she is looking. Joanna's normally very very cool, but she's looking a little bit nervous. Right now. <laughs> well, I hope that he didn't give anything embarrassing because I asked him to write. You know, you were saying like, can your parents write and everything? Mm-hmm. I'll ask him I not to. Gonna, I thought it was going to be your mom, but that's okay. Yeah, my mom asked my dad because she says he has a better English. Okay. Yeah. He didn't say anything that embarrassing. No. He did say, though, that you have a huge collection of football team shirts. And when she went to Europe, we had to rent a locker to keep them because there was almost 300. No, that's an exaggeration. That's what he says, 300 no, shirts? No, he miscalculated. What? It's like 100 and something. 100 and something? That's yeah. already a lot. What is your favorite one? What? What's your favorite one of your collection? The one... My favorite one. I have one from Angola, which is really, really oh, nice. It's nice. one of my favorites. I thought you were going to say Brazil 94. Brazil 94, I have the blue one because I don't like the red, the oh, yellow. Oh, the blue that's one. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the baby celebration one. Yeah, that's oh, the one. The blue wow. one. Yeah, yeah. And I have a Flamengo one signed by Zico, so that's pretty special too. Wow. Do you want to talk about Flamengo? Because that was your dad's other question. 
He's wondering how you think Flamengo are doing this season. I think they're doing um, well, better than I expected. Well, as good as people in general expect because of the squad that they have. Mm-hmm. But I'm really worried about that because I think Flamengo goes better when they're not so, when they're much of an underdog, you know? Because they've had a couple of years kind of yo-yoing yeah. up and down from first to third to sixth and etc. Every year they start the season as favorites to every title, to this and that, and then they have three, four bad matches in a row and everything goes down and and it's hard for them to recover. I think Flamengo needs some uh, psychological tactics more than mm-hmm. <laughs> football tactics. So that's why I don't like the whole favorite thing, the whole favorite atmosphere. And now they have like the biggest squad, the most valuable squad, big players. Felipe Luiz that was in Atletico, Rafinha that was in Bayern Munich, and the, the coach is Portuguese. So everybody has this big buzz around Flamengo. And now they're doing pretty well. Yeah. I, I wonder how long it will last. <laughs> You're not so confident. I'm, I'm a fan. I can't be confident. <laughs> Fans are supposed to be critical. <laughs> It's like you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> He gets nervous in City are like five nil ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the fever pitch from uh, Nick Hornby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I love this part. He says that he fell in love with Arsenal when he went to the football stadium. And he was impressed how people were like cursing the, the 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 match and the players like the, the the team was winning everything was fine and people were paying to be there and they were supposed to have fun they thought he thought people would have fun and it seemed like they were having the worst time of their lives that's what <laughs> fans are supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> um my beloved team yeah did you know i have a brazilian team bruna yeah okay but i'm not happy about your choice you're not happy about about fluminese Mm-mm. That's because you're a... Uh, oh, I can't remember. Atletico. She's, she's Atletico, an Atletico fan. Atletico Minero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's because you're an Atletico Minero fan. Uh, but Fluminese, then you'll be delighted to know, are in the relegation spot. 12 points from 15 games. Yeah. Traditionally one of the bigger clubs. Traditionally one of the bigger clubs. But they're but, rubbish right now. Yeah, Fluminense had a, like a big sponsor up until a few years ago. And it was more or less like a, a Brazilian version of PSG, Manchester City kind of thing. And they won two Brazilian leagues in three years, I think. And they made it to the Libertadores final. And they were they were buying the big players and mm. stuff like that. And like Deco, when he retired from European football, went to play there and things like that. But, you know... The, they ran out of money. They're not sponsoring anymore. So now the team can't pay salaries. Mm. and Breaks my heart. Yeah. So they're in a difficult position. How are Bruno's team doing just out of interest? Uh, they're okay. They're not like fighting for the first positions, but they're right outside. Damn. See? Did you have a Brazilian team? Uh, Santos. Because that's where City signed Alano from. (laughs) (laughs) Why is he not in the Legends team, actually? I've just thought about that. He would have been good. Yeah. Or King Cat. Is King Clancy still around? He's too fat. Doesn't he own like a pie shop or something in Manchester? No, I don't think so. You sure? Yeah. He owns a pub or a pie shop or something, I'm sure. We'll check this out after. (laughs) We've got nothing better to do. Um, Elsewhere, Luis Philippe Scalari. If you were, like I, were shocked to find that he still had a job after that Brazil <laughs> 7-1 defeat, uh, he's also just lost his job to a Palmeiras in re- what I think is ridiculous circumstances. Yes, yes. So Palmeiras uh, lo- won the league last year. They were the unbeatable team and they were doing so well and they had like this unbeatable sequel of, of, I don't know, like 30 matches or something. 
and, and it was they were huge leading. news him coming in to take over there yeah yeah so the, then it, they after the Copa America no wins whatsoever in the Brazilian league they were still in the quarterfinals of Libertadores semifinals of the Brazilian cup which they lost uh, yesterday um, no Grêmio lost sorry so uh, they were still yeah they were still in the quarterfinals they were doing good in the cups and then they got eliminated in the Libertadores Cup and three or four days afterwards they lost to Flamengo in a 3 nil. there was this beautiful performance by Flamengo so he didn't last long so uh, like three bad games and he's gone that's it that's pretty much what Brazilian football is all about this is like, amazing. The most unstable job you can find is to be a football coach in Brazil. <laughs> that and, well, there was one club in Italy that was always firing somebody. Was it Palermo? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they had like 40 that. managers in 10 days or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Um, elsewhere, Copa Libertadores. Yeah. We're down to the semi-final stages. That was pretty cool. And uh, was a repeat of last year's final. The repeat of last year's final is one of the semi-finals. Yeah. So we get two games because mm-hmm. now this is the first time the Libertadores will have just a one match in the final, just like the Champions League. Is that is that because of what happened last year? Or that's, no, no, okay. it was already settled for that. Right. Yeah, like the Comebol tries to, you know, follow the UEFA steps not very well but they try and that's gonna be pretty cool because you know it's always good to see a super classical especially in a Libertadores what could go wrong putting Baca against River in a semi-final what of a major wrong? competition especially after last year right? especially after last year <laughs> yeah yeah and then in the other semi-final we've got Flamengo against Gremio so that's gonna be an interesting match as well so you're looking forward to playing either Baca or River in the final yeah I hope so but Grêmio are a tough team to beat, though. They're very much a cup team. They're a tough team. Yeah, I, I said that they just lost the cup, but they actually tied and lost on penalties on the Brazilian Cup. But they are very much of a cup team. Um, I don't think they have the best squad, even though they won the Libertadores a couple of years ago. And they're always like, you know, in the top positions in the Brazilian League, which is actually sort of a miracle because they don't have a really good squad. And they don't have a really good coach as well, but I think that this coach has more of like a psychological influence and he's, you know, go for it kind of guy. They have Everton. So they have Everton. And they have Luan, who is not playing as good as it was one or two seasons ago. But, you know, apart from those two, I wouldn't say it's a great squad, but it's a cup team for sure. So playing the Libertadores, that's the thing they go for. Okay. Uh, Your team, two friendlies, Colombia, Peru. Uh, anything interesting to say? Mm. Neymar might be playing, right? Neymar is, is called. He was called, and he's going to be his first matches after the summer break because he was injured before, right before the, <laughs> right before the Copa, and he was called even though he was still injured, and that was the reason he was not playing for PSG. But mm-hmm. you know, we know it's not exactly that. So I think that that's his chance of getting his football back and showing people that you know he cares about football and he plays well and he's the guy that we expect him to be so that when he goes back to PSG he has a better environment to go back to but I'm not so sure let's see but that's pretty much what these games are for because is he the captain? he's not the captain anymore who's not? that's Dani Alves really? yeah he lost the captaincy after the whole um, uh, like 
punching a, a supporter mm. in the PSG final. Uh, it was a cup final or the cup yeah, league final? Yeah, against him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was getting his second place medal. A guy screamed something at him. Oh, he punched yeah. him in the face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got banned for a couple matches. And It's actually been a tough time for Neymar. Maybe yeah, yeah. So he's had a good moment. He had a hell of a year, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He did so. get to star in that TV show, though. Yeah, Casa de Papel. What is this? The it's TV show? Money Heist in English, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I didn't know you had a different name in English. Yeah. I mean, is it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah yes. it's on Netflix. Yeah. Is he, have you seen him in it? Um, apparently, he's in the Brazilian version of it, of the next part that is coming. Okay. Um, so it's not, it's not on Netflix yet, but he's just going to play, like, for a second, a priest or something. Something like that. Right? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I just knew that it w they were re-editing a couple uh, episodes where he appears like a minute or something. Yeah, he's gonna play João, a priest. Well, for... He's got experience as well because he was in the Fast and the Furious. Or a monk. Thinks a monk. What? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it was the Fast and the Furious. He Neymar was in, was those, in the Fast and the Furious. Really? I have no idea. Like one of them. There's about 400 of them now, isn't there? But yeah. that was one Fast and the Furious recorded in Brazil, but I didn't know he was there. I'm pretty sure there I'm is about 400 of them. So yeah. there is potential. I was probably in one of them at some <laughs> stage. Wow, footballers in movies. Yeah, I've never done that before. No, maybe we should. Okay, so that's it for Brazil. That's it for Brazil because those friendly matches, nobody cares about them. Okay. So the biggest thing we're expecting is some new faces. Uh, Vinicius Jr. is going to play for the first time in Brazil. Oh, nice. And also Bruno Henrique, who was also a striker that has been doing pretty well in, in Flamengo. And, but, you know, the main guy is Neymar. That's what we're looking for. Okay. <laughs> See how he'll do. Joanna doesn't go as Brazilian as Bruno goes French when the names come in. He, she does. I, I oh, try does to really? English the names. Oh. Yeah, so that it's better for the listeners. But I also but I can. say the Brazilian ones in a Brazilian way sometimes. Like, I get confused. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. But it's okay. You're annoyingly intelligent like that, Bruno. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of questions in. Costa says, hello, wise masters. Hey. Oh, wow. mistresses. And mistresses, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, he's emailing from Philadelphia. Never been. No? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is it? Just don't know. It's not even a TV That's show. That's what isn't people it? say. <laughs> oh, well, I always imagine it's really cold, but I think I might be getting that from the movie. Yeah, yeah I like anyway, the movie. Uh, my question is after how many matches can we seriously start looking at league tables? The first few weeks are just for banter, is how I see it, but I'm not sure when does it start to materialize. So when should we start taking league tables seriously? I would I say from the 10th match day yeah, on, I would say more or less. Well. Yeah. Does it depend on the league, do you think? More or less, I would say, for example, in Brazilian league, you have to wait to the middle season, like to the middle of the of the league. Yeah. Because it's more teams fighting for the title, and they only start getting together into groups more towards the end of the season. But that's a very specific of Brazil. But here in Europe, because you usually have one, two, three, maybe four teams fighting for the title, I, I would say match day number ten. In France? Well, I mean, we, we do have the transfers that go into the 2nd of September mm -hmm. and it's already the fourth week of, of games. So I guess there's still some time now for the teams to like get with their new recruits and everything. So yeah, it's, I would say pretty much the same thing. Okay. England, I would say more kind of Christmas time. Um, yeah, maybe. I, w I would have said 10 matches as well is when you, s you can sort of see how it's how it's looking. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really matter until after the 38th match, does it, of the Premier League season? Or, or you know, um, there was a certain broadcaster back in the UK was saying after two matches this season, the title race is hotting up. Ah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Played two games. Two games. Relax yeah. there, people. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Zacchino, big fan, especially enjoying some female voices on the pod lately. 
Oh, again, go. wow. Compliments, Thanks. wow. We get a lot of nice things said. We do, don't we? Very yeah. few complaints. They must go into a filter or He's something. He's filtering them. <laughs> <laughs> filtering them out, yeah. Set to spam. Uh, wish you guys could chat Syria in a while. Uh, we, we will do when we get Francesco back at some stage, wherever he is in the world. Uh, but he just has two quick questions for us. Can Inter or Napoli succeed in dethroning Juventus in the league? Anybody want to yes-no that one for me? I would say Inter, for sure. I, I think they've got a very good chance this season. Got Conte in there, Lukaku. Yeah. It's a good signing for them. Made a few other good signings. So, yeah. Got rid of Icardi. Yeah, I would keep an eye on Inter. I think they've okay. got potential. And can Atla- Atalanta get through the group stages in the Champions League? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean they've oh, got they've wow. got a, they're in the group with City, um, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Dinamo Zagreb. So you, they could finish second in that group. I would say. Okay. Uh, they're playing at the San Siro in the Champions League. Are they? As well, because their oh. ground isn't fit for... Are you going to go? I might do, actually, yeah. I mean, it's probably the last chance I'll get to go before it gets knocked down. So. Before it gets knocked down. Yeah. Okay. Any other business anybody wants to mention? One. Just any other business you want to mention or? No, no. no. I would say for the Napoli part, I watched the Juventus Napoli last weekend. Oh yeah, great match, and not I, if you're a Napoli I really fan. like. Yeah, no, I'm not a Napoli fan. Okay, but I have to be in like more of a Milan fan because of the colors. But I kind of like Roma. But I I like the way Napoli plays, even though I'm not a Napoli fan like the last few years. But it, it just gave me the impression that it's going to be like the last two, three, four years. They're going to run close to Juventus up until the middle of the season. And then, you know, they don't have the squad to follow. If someone gets injured, that's it for them. And Juventus, you know. That's... I mean, we've got to find out how Sarri Ball is going to work for Juventus as well, because oh, yeah. that's a very, big change of style for them. It's not really taken effect yet because Sarri's been, uh, he's had pneumonia, so he hasn't been managing them for the first couple of games. Pneumonia, really? Yeah. Well. It's what happens when you smoke 60 cigarettes a day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Has an effect on you. <laughs> okay that's all from us today my thanks to Joanna Bruna and Dan we'll be back next week in the meantime you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes SoundCloud Spotify wherever you get podcast hit and if you want to get in touch and you're interested to do so is podcast at onefootball.com podcast at onefootball.com